Well, good morning, everyone. Thank goodness it's warming up. As I sit here, the air is swirling with pollen, raining down in invisible waves. And so I'd like to apologize in advance in case I have to sneeze. Spring has sprung and the lockdown drags on. May we all find a little more strength to persevere. Well, I'm thinking about perception and images this morning. How we see is what we see. How we picture something affects how we experience it. Imagine for a moment a special event, a birthday perhaps, graduation, an anniversary, uh, something pre or post COVID. I actually had a birthday this past week, um, May 10th, the same day as Lewis's. Uh, Lewis, did Lois surprise you with anything? Well, um, imagining an event pre or post COVID. So you, you have a picture of it in your mind. Um, you can imagine the people who will come. You can imagine the setting. It's going to be outside on a warm late June evening, a nice warm evening you can think about who's going to come um, what the food will be like and you can imagine wow people made some very nice comments and um, they even had a gift wow uh, it was so good to be together everything was just right you know you've, you've got this picture in it and you're you're secretly waiting for it to arrive and then the day comes and what happens if it rains or if so-and-so doesn't show up or if someone else does show up and if they, you know, um, things can get spoiled. You know, the picture you have in your mind affects how you experience the event. So today I'm thinking about the images we have of things. Images of events, images of God, images of ourselves, images of church, images of reality. Images are how we function as human beings. Our crowning feature as homo sapiens is consciousness and perception we can create with our minds. We can imagine and plan. We can choose how we see something. And this isn't just about an event in the future. It's about how we see anything and everything. It's how we experience the everyday so-called objective world, which in reality, for human beings is not very objective at all. Take something like this, for example. What is your experience of gazing at this plant? Appreciation of beauty? Of spring? Or slight dis-ease? Depends on your image.
Did you know that this is a non-native invasive species? It's actually native to the Mediterranean basin and was brought to North America in the 18th century uh, as an ornamental plant and it spread out wildly from there. It's everywhere now. Crowding out native plant species in southern Ontario and altering forest ecosystems. The point I'm trying to make is that your mental image and understanding affects how you experience what you see. It's the same with God. Who or what is God? What image do you have of God? What's your mental picture and understanding? Well, the Exodus text this morning comes from the Ten Commandments and it's well known. And I've uh, <clears throat> chosen to have it read in the King James Version. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. Well, the message that I'm taking from this text is that God is actually beyond image. I would say even the image of jealousy, which is interestingly offered here. God cannot be defined to any one image. So don't fix any one in your mind and certainly don't take an image and reify it into a physical object to worship it. But we know as human beings, we have to perceive in images. It's our modus operandi. It's just how we are. So the message can't be, don't have images of God, for that's not possible. The message is that the images need to be flexible. Hold them lightly and loosely. Don't cast them in stone. Don't reduce God to any one image. For God can never be totally contained or pinned down. This is old wisdom. Nevertheless, important for us to remember even in our enlightened times of today. I think that what often happens for religious and non-religious people is that we get stuck associating God with a certain group of images. Images from our childhood, perhaps. Images from the Bible that we've been taught to consider authoritative because they are in the Bible. But even images in the Bible are not forever authoritative because God is beyond all image, even biblical images. And sometimes it can be that we have a theoretical image, something we consider to be intellectually correct, like God is love or God is non-gendered. But then we might also have somewhere within us um, a functional image, subconscious perhaps, still engraved somewhere in our psyche that we feel and respond to on an emotional level. Maybe like God is male, God keeps score, 
God is up there somewhere, looking down. Sometimes uh, what we say we believe about God is different from how we feel about God. These images we have, the conscious and the subconscious, affect how we experience the reality of God and really the reality of anything in our lives. This phrase is true. How we see is what we see. Over the last uh, few decades, there have been some powerful critiques of God by new atheist writers, people like Richard Richard, uh, Dawkins, um, Sam Harris, Daniel Dennett. An interesting question for these folks would be, what is their image of God? What is the image of God that they're setting out to disprove? Maybe it's not the only image of God. Maybe we don't believe in that God either. The Gospel of John paints an image of God as the vine grower and Jesus as the vine. And if we see through a Trinitarian lens, which is another image for God, then God is both the grower of the vine and the vine itself. For God is a communion of persons, of realities. And we see from the image in John that we are also part of it, part of the vine, part of God even, as branches. So this image leads us in some very different directions about the nature of God, the nature of us. It's an organic image. It's close to the earth. It's not up there somewhere. It's participatory, it's vulnerable, and it's communal. So what is your image of God? What are your theoretical images? What are your functional, emotional images? How do they affect how you see the world and your life within it? We could take this um, conversation in many directions. I wonder what is your image of our congregation, Rockway Church? How do we see it? How do we see ourselves as a group? How is our congregation and our mission connected to our images of God? Well, these are conversations to be continued. Uh, Thank you for being present. Uh, Bye for now.